beautiful saints. Um, Kathy, that was great. Um, always when, when, because we've been swimming in these scriptures, we jumped in the deep end, you know, for this conference and for all of our lives where we've been studying these. And just to get together with Kathy is, is so much fun. Um, Isaiah 5.20 is a scripture that you need to really understand that has been prophesied years before today. It's true today. It is, um, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Are you seeing this today on the news? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Lies, lies, lies. But we are carriers of the truth, and we are carriers of the light of God. So don't lose heart on that. That's what has to happen in these days for God to accomplish his final plan, okay? So, you know, who put who put darkness, light, and light before darkness with uh, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. That's what we're looking for, at. We're looking at that. Say that correctly. Another thing I'd like to exhort you on is Acts 17, verse 10. It's so important when you're, when you're hearing uh, people speak from scriptures in the Bible. You might be learning something, changing your mind, getting a new revelation. But I always say, if you're hearing something, Become a Berean. And Paul was always, always, um, remember, uh, on the, uh, right at the time of the scripture, was it Paul and Silas uh, had to flee from Thessalonica to Berea, uh, kind of kicked out of town. But he was impressed with how the Bereans accepted what he said, but not until after they checked the scriptures themselves. So I'm exhorting you, you hear something you're not sure about, Go back to the scriptures. I highly recommend this book for eternal truth. Highly recommend it. It's the best reading. Carry it around with you. Okay, so today I'm jumping into, let me get this down out of the way. Uh, do you have the chart up for the 70th week of Daniel? I'd like people looking at it while I'm talking. Do you have that chart? You have it in your books? Okay. So remember, these are like coloring books for adults. Get out your colors, get out your pens, mark it when it's something new you haven't seen, or you put a question mark next to it to search it, okay? So this is, the charts are always a good visible, uh, visual to walk you through Daniel 9, which is the key to unlocking all of the prophecies of the end times. It's the key for you to understand this so you understand the Olivet Discourse, the parables Jesus taught, everything about the kingdom is, is, is unleashed here to little Daniel who was in captivity in Babylon. Um, and Jeremiah made the prophecy in Jeremiah 24.10 that they would be in captivity for 70 years. And about the time of the 70 years, David, uh, Daniel, who prayed to God, three times a day, was searching the scriptures and was reminded of the prophecy that the 70 years is almost up. So he started to place his heart towards, we're as a people, we haven't confessed, we haven't repented, we haven't, we haven't obeyed your laws. I mean, he was praying and supplicating in Daniel 9. Um, and he started setting his heart on the restoration of Israel and Jerusalem and the temple. So um, I'm going to pick it up with Daniel 9.20. Now, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord, my God, for the holy mountain of my, 
for the holy mountain of my God. Yes, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in a vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, searched me about the time of the evening offering and informed me and talked to me and said, Oh, Daniel, I have now come forth to give you a skill to understand. So Daniel had had a vision, and he didn't understand what it meant. It made him tremble because uh, it was about his people and the end times. So um, this, this is the key, and we can go, we can go to uh, Daniel 9.24, which lists the purpose of Daniel's 70th week. Um, and it's also the purpose of tribulation. The 70th week and the seven-year tribulation coincide. So you get that clear in your mind, what we're looking at here. So the 70 weeks are determined for your people and your holy city. Who's the holy city? What's the holy city? Jerusalem. Your people are the Israelis, the Jews, okay? This is what this scripture is for. Number one, to finish the transgression. The transgression is that they denied their Messiah the first time, rejected him, okay? To make uh, an end to sins, to make reconciliation or atonement for iniquity. Jesus fulfilled this in the death, burial, and resurrection. These three purposes are already fulfilled, okay? Uh, and the, the rest is coming at the second coming of Jesus Christ. Number four, bring bring an everlasting bring in everlasting righteousness, which is during the millennium, to seal up prophecy. All prophecies will be fulfilled. Hallelujah! Aren't you getting excited? You know, it's just it's going to be fulfilled. Tutti fini, all done, complete. You know, I just get so excited. I love God, uh, and to anoint the holy place. Well, if any of you have read Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, I highly recommend that. I'll explain little bits and pieces of it as we go through some of the, the prophecy. But Ezekiel 40 through 48 is the Ezekiel temple, which will be the temple that Jesus builds during the millennium. Okay? It's phenomenal. It's beautiful. Uh, it's amazing. So walk through it with your visual imagination, you know, of how it's described. Um, so um, 925, let's move into that. 925 is the coming of the Messiah, the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah. Now, if the Jews had searched the scriptures and understood, they would not have missed Messiah the first time. But we, as Gentiles, most of us here are Gentiles, I think, um, we can say thank you for this because we are saved and we walked into all of those blessings while he put Israel on hold. Not done with Israel, but he put Israel on hold and for 2,000 years, we got it, okay? And I'm going, to, I'm going to explain a few things. Now, let's read 925. Know, therefore, and understand that the going forth of the command to restore and build Jerusalem, not the temple, the city of Jerusalem, okay? There was a decree, and we'll go over that on this chart, until Messiah the Prince... There will be seven weeks and 62 weeks, and weeks in, in prophecy is each week is a year, just for your information. Uh, the street shall be built again, and the wall, even in troublesome times. So if you look into Ezra, Nehemiah, Nehemiah was the building of the walls. Nehemiah was a, 
a cupbearer in the, in the court of Darius. He said, why are you so sad? And he was sad about Jerusalem and the walls down and all that kind of stuff. So that's when that decree went forth. Uh, remember, the temple was rebuilt in the decree of Cyrus, 537 B.C., okay? So just, uh, it might, oh. Do you, are you, you're looking at the chart, right? Oh, I see. So you do, you are seeing them. Okay, so I'll look at the chart here. Okay, as we go. Okay, so verse 25 is on the, your far left, your far left where uh, Artaxerxes, Nehemiah 2, decreed to rebuild Jerusalem, the city wall. So this is verse 25, the prophecy of the Messiah. So seven weeks is given for the rebuilding of Jerusalem and 62 weeks Israel started getting rebuilt, and they started living their life and the temple life and all of that. But at the end of the 69 weeks is the prophecy of the return of the Messiah. On the exact day that this time was up, this is all proved through history and just uh, um, searching the scriptures, the triumphal entry was on April 4th, April 6th, 32 AD. The exact day that was prophesied in Daniel's prophecy, Jesus came down the Mount of Olives and wept over Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. If you had known this day, it makes me cry, you know, because I love Jerusalem. Um, so um, the next part of the scripture, we go to uh, 926. And after the 62 weeks, the Messiah shall be cut off. And that's the crucifixion. You see the cross there on the chart. And he was crucified four days after the triumphal entry. And it was a time of Passover. Jews were there from all over Israel. There were millions of Jews in Jerusalem, okay? And, and they, it was the Passover feast. And Jesus was the Passover lamb. The picture is very, very clear. Um, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince who is to come, I want you to mark that on your chart. Mark it. And the people of the prince who is to come. Look at that carefully. The prince who is to come, small p, is the Antichrist. Okay? Don't confuse Jesus the prince with the, the phony prince. Okay? So the people of the prince to, who is to come... Just mark it, and I will explain it in a moment. Shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end of it shall be with a flood till the end of the war desolations are determined. Okay, this is the time when Titus came in and the temple was destroyed at 70 AD. It was nasty. Millions and millions of Jews were murdered. Um, uh, and, and this is what this prophecy is about. That's why Daniel was trembling. You know, he was, what, the temple's going to be, you know, he was just like devastated by this prophecy. Um, so let's go back to the people of the prince who is to come, okay? The, the people of the prince who is to come. The Roman Empire was big, and it was getting bigger. And when they took people captive, they took the people from different ethnic backgrounds into their army because they didn't have enough Romans and Italians to do this. So they would, they would take Assyrians, 
Edomites, Arabs. They had different ethnic groups in the area where they had conquered, and they turned them into part of their army. So of the people of the prince to come, you're going to find throughout scriptures, if you dig, dig, and you see it in, in uh, the prophets, you see the word the Assyrian referring to the Antichrist. Now, we're not here to name him and say this is the guy and all that kind of thing, but we get ideas of where he's from. He comes from the revived Roman Empire, the old Roman Empire. He is, they call him the Assyrian. And we, I, it's always been a curious thing as we dig through Scripture. Uh, why? Well, it explains it from at the time of the destruction of the temple and Jerusalem, there were four legions of Syrians, and there was one legion in Judea that was made up of Arabs, Syrians, and Edomites. So when you, you think about the Assyrian, that's probably where he's going to come from, somewhere in the old Syrian empire there, but which was taken over by Rome in the end there. So just, this is just a history lesson. Okay, now 927 is the tribulation. Um, talking about this, this Assyrian or this Antichrist, okay? Uh, then he will confirm a covenant with many for one week. And this is the mid-trib point. This is the seventh trumpet, oh, by the way, okay? So as you look at your chart, um, the beginning is the, the if, you, if you write under verse 27, a little bit to the left, just mark in when the when the computer switched over with the jump drive it left out seven-year treaty it belongs just to the left of the verse 27 daniel 70th week okay at that time the temple the the treaty is the antichrist promising safety to the jews they are they're war fatigued right now the Jews are war fatigued. They want peace. They want their temple. They're ready to build their temple. And they're going to they're gonna get the promise to build the temple, but it's going to be with the Gentiles. There's going to be the more Muslims are going to be allowed up there. That's why when you're looking at uh, measure the court, don't, don't measure the court because the Gentiles are going to be allowed to be outside the temple of the Jews. So it's going to be a desecration to God, of course. He's not going to let that last too much longer. <laughs> but... Nevertheless, the Jews are being deceived, deceived, deceived that they're going to have their temple, and they think that this, this guy is their Messiah falsely, and the Muslims think that he's the Mahdi, and <laughs> they all think this is all their Messiah, and it's just going to be a mess. That's why we're not supposed to be there. <laughs> okay, so, uh, so at that time, mid-trib, right before mid-trib, the two witnesses are killed. They are, they are overtaken by the beast who comes out of the sea. Kathy will explain that. Uh, and they lie on the streets for three and a half days before mid-trib, okay, because they, they prophesied for that long. And then at mid-trib, they are called up and they ascend. They resurrect, uh, and they, they are resurrected and they ascend. Uh, and it looks like a rapture, yes, whoever said that before, it sure does. Um, so they, they, confirm, they confirm this covenant for seven years. But in the middle of the week, which is mid-trib, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abominations shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined until Israel. Um, uh, 
Well, anyway, they, that, this is when Israel's going to flee. They are told, they are going to realize that the Antichrist is not their Messiah because you're not supposed to worship him when he goes into the Holy of Hoses, establishes a, a statue, and I am God, and he acts like he is God. And the, the, the remnant of the Jews, I'm not saying all Jews, two-thirds of the Jews are going to make it, one-third will listen. And, and remember, there's a lot of salvations and deaths during this time. You could be saved, and you, you will resurrect at the end of tribulation if you, if you died for Jesus because you realized, oh, my gosh, I missed the, map, the rapture. They were right. Larry told me the truth, and I didn't listen to him. <laughs> you know, so, so it's going to be devastating for those that are left behind. But when I talk to my family who's not saved, I pray for them, and I go, if you are left behind and I'm gone, know that you can still accept Jesus Christ and be saved. It's going to be nasty. You may make it and you might not make it, but you will still have eternal life. That's how merciful God is, right? Amen to that. So we are looking at the Antichrist is given over. He's given over to uh, chasing the, the, the child of the woman, the man child of the woman. And they're going to flee probably to Petra. People think it's in Petra. But the area where the, the Jews flee, God will supernaturally feed them and take care of them until the second return. Because they will be finally crying out to him. And that will be the national repentance. So as you look at your chart, um, Israel's national repentance is right near the end of the, the tribulation seven years. And that's just before the second coming. Uh, that's when they will say, Baruch Haba. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, when you see after, during the church age, I'm going to explain really quickly. Steve mentioned it. Church age is 2,000 years plus, like 2,483 years or something like that. The church age is the mystery of the church. It's from the time of Pentecost to the rapture. The church is the bride. Okay. So, uh, at the, at, at the mark of 1948, Israel became the nation. That's the blooming of the fig tree. I'm, I'm overlapping into the Olivet Discourse. So this is all coming into, you're going to see how this 70 weeks is in the Olivet Discourse as Jesus is talking to the disciples. You're going to see this is all where it is, and that's unlocking everything for you. When you're reading this, you're going, oh, this is the 70th week. This is what was prophesied. This is what Jesus spoke about to his disciples on the Mount of Olives. So Jesus, I'll, I'll get into the, the tree, the fig tree. When, when, the, when you see the fig, he, remember he cursed the fig tree before he rode down the Mount of Olives. He was cursing Israel. The fig tree in prophecy is Israel. When you see it blooming, that was when it became a nation. Now, one thing that is really interesting, you might have some questions about it, but during this 2,000 plus years of the church age, the reason it's that long is because the Jews owed God. They were in debt for their disobedience, not following the laws. He said, if you don't listen to me, if you, you, know, if you worship idols, I'm going to send you out and scatter you and all of that. The total of all these years is 2,483. And the first 70 were repaid with Daniel in, in Babylon. That's 70 years. But if you read Ezekiel, I don't know, the ones that have, he had to lay on his side for a, a year for every day that they were disobedient. And then the other side, for one for Israel, 
uh, and 360 days. He was naked, too. That was weird. And on his left side, he had to lay 40 days, which would be 40 years for Judea. Or, yeah, Judea. And so in Leviticus, for every year they sinned, Leviticus multiply it by seven. And that's where we get the 2,000 plus years. And it doesn't end until Israel becomes a nation. And the day their servitude was up, Israel became a nation in a day. Now, isn't God awesome? He's very exact. If anyone doubts it, come see me afterwards. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. So that's really interesting. Um, so this church age is a mystery. And it is the time that the Jews had to be in servitude, in captivity, or, or not having their land until, until their debt was paid. Interesting stuff. Okay. So verse 27, we've looked at. Uh, the temple is rebuilt. The 144,000 are sealed. And the two witnesses are giving the gospel. Okay? And then... Um, at the end, and then at the, uh, see, I think we've covered almost everything there. If you have any questions, we'll do it at question Q and A. Okay, so isn't that interesting stuff? And this is the key to understanding everything in prophecy about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, I can, I can. I can. Are there questions now about this segment, or do you want me to just go on into the Olivet Discourse? It's kind of all-inclusive. I'll just keep on going. Is that okay with everybody? Okay. All right. So in your packet, you have, you have a page that says Order of Events in Matthew. Order of Events in Matthew. Okay. And I have the scriptures in front of me. I'll call them out if you're... Is it Kelly back there or somebody's back there? Um, so the Olivet, the Olivet setting in Matthew 24, uh, Jesus and the disciples had just left the Temple Mount. This is before the crucifixion. They walked across the Kidron Valley. They were over on the Mount of Olives. And that the disciples were saying, look at this beautiful temple. Isn't the temple amazing? And he said, not one stone will be left along, uh, upon another. He started prophesying of what's going to happen to the temple, the destruction, which happened in 70 A.D. So, um, in verse 3 of Matthew 24, open your Bibles. If you're not in your Bibles, open your Bibles. Verse 3, as he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what will be the sign of your coming? And what is the sign of the end of the age? Three basic questions, okay? And um, Jesus answered and said to them, See to it that no one misleads you. That's deception, of course. For many will come into my name, I am the Christ. Okay, from, um, see, I want to keep that chart in front of me. I'll do it this way. Okay, so answer number one, Luke is not chronological. Matthew is chronological in the orders of events, but the only answer to question one is in Luke. <laughs> Okay, so when will these things happen, the destruction of the temple that you said? So Luke 20, 20 to 24. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation is near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let those who are in the midst of her depart, and let, and let not those who are in the country enter her. For these are the days of vengeance, that all things which are written may be fulfilled. 
okay? But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babies in those days. You, you know, they're talking to the Jews because they don't do anything on Shabbat. For there will be great distress and great distress. The land, the Lord and ha, has wrath upon his people. Is that what it says? I can't read my own writing. The land, oh, a d d distress on the land and wrath upon his people. Uh, verse 24, and they will fall by the edge of the sword and be led away captive into the nations, and Jerusalem will be trampled by Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles are fulfilled. So if you keep the, the, the chart of Daniel in front of you, this is, this is the picture of what's going on here, and I'll, I'll explain it by the verses. Okay. So, in question number one, Jesus is telling the disciples, Jerusalem and temple destroyed, Jesus would be scattered all over the world, and the kingdom of God would be taken away from Israel and given to the Gentiles until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. Well, the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled when, Larry, just before, he, this is a hint, when the Father says, Jesus, go get your bride, the fullness of the Gentiles when the last Gentile comes into the kingdom. And Wes, you should know this too. Because you're evangelists. And all of us should be excited little evangelists when we leave here today. Because now is the time to get on this train. It's one chance only. One. He's not going to come back and say we're going to have another mid-trib rapture. It ain't going to happen. It isn't going to happen. Excuse me. Okay, <laughs> I like to have fun, but yeah, I do know my language. Okay, so um, answer number two, question and answer. What will be the sign of your coming? Okay, they're asking for a sign of his coming, and Matthew, and Jesus explains it in Matthew 24, 27, 28, 29, and 30, okay, which is, keep your scriptures handy, uh, for the uh, for false Christ and false prophets will arise. Da, 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 da. So behold, I have told you in advance. Uh, let's start at 27. For just as the lightning comes out from the east and flashes even to the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man be. Is that a sign? Good sign. Wherever the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. But immediately after the tribulation of those days, tribulation. And the tribulation. The sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will fall from the sky and the powers of the heavens shall be shaken. And then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. Zechariah 12. Hallelujah. They will look upon him. Oops, we made a mistake here. <laughs> but... Think of the mercy of God still giving them the opportunity of salvation, national repentance. He, said, he told them on the Mount of Olives, he said it to the, the Pharisees and the scribes who turned everybody against Jesus. They are the ones that are going to have to tell their people, wherever they are, we need to repent and declare Jesus as the Messiah. They're being held to that. Can you imagine? That's amazing. Okay. So now... Let's go to the question three. What is the sign of the end of the age? Answer is in Matthew 24, 6 through 14. The birth pangs. 
You will be hearing of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not frightened, for all these things must take place. Must take place. Okay? Uh, but it is not yet the end. For nation will rise again. Are we seeing this today? A new war pops up every day on the news. It's incredible. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and in various places there will be famines and earthquakes. But all of these things are merely the beginning of birth pangs. Then, then, they will deliver you to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all the nations because of my name. We're seeing a lot of anti-Semitism today, trust me. At that time, many will fall away and will betray one another and hate one another. Many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Because lawlessness is increased. We're a nation of lawlessness right now. It's very sad to say, but we are. But God, you know, that's why we have to be these bright, shining lights right now and give the truth at every corner, at Trader Joe's, clerks, wherever, whoever you're talking to, it doesn't matter. I, I have a gardener now that uh, is really on, on, on it. So it's so cool. Uh, lawlessness increase and people's love will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Don't lose your faith. All right. This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as the testimony to all the nations. And then the end will come. Who's preaching during this time? Who's preaching? Us? No. Who's preaching? Yeah. Who are the Jews? Who are the ones that are assigned and sealed by God? 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe are evangelists to the world. The two witnesses are evangelizing, poor guys, the religious, <laughs> in Jerusalem on the Temple Mount. Lots of power with them. So they will be hearing the truth in Hebrew. They will be getting the gospel. This is your Messiah. Yeshua is your Messiah. They're going to be hearing it for three and a half years. Three and a half years. So there's a, like Kathy said, there's a lot of salvations that are going to happen in the first half. It's not too late. People think we need a revival right now because, oh, there aren't enough saved. No, that isn't what God said. There's an apostasy first. And we are looking at, I'm not even going to say it in church. Okay. So <laughs> Steve will get me later, I'm sure. Okay. So um, uh, now we will look at Daniel's 70th week in the Olivet Discourse. Okay, Matthew, and I, you have your list of your little chart. Matthew 24, 9 to 28 is the 70th week. You can, you, can mark the, you can mark it on your paper or in your Bible. The first half of tribulation uh, of 70th week of Daniel is 9 through 14. And at this time is, um, let's read 9 through 14. Then the day will, they will deliver you up to tribulation, kill you. Okay, we, we went through 14, so we'll pick it up in 15. Uh, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation, which is spoken through the Daniel the prophet. Daniel spoke of this, the mid-trib. This is, Jesus always referred back to prophets from time to time. Isaiah, Jeremiah, um, uh, spoken through Daniel. Standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. But... Though, then those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. And you've got it on your chart. Jews flee. They flee. They really flee to the wilderness. There's a lot of mountains on your way to Petra, by the way. Petra is nothing but mountains. Okay. So, um, and in Isaiah, it tells you where the Jews will be kept safe. That's why I know it's south. 
That's why I know they're, they're fleeing that direction. Um, okay. So we left off. Okay. So the second half of, of, of Daniel 70 week is from the mid-tribulation to the end, verse 15 to 28 is the second half of the Daniel 70th week. So this is the abomination of desolation. Uh, then those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Whoever is on the housetop, this is, this is, they're talking to the Jews. This isn't Christians. This is the Jews, this people. Um, whoever's on the housetop and uh, not go down to the things that are in the house, whoever's in the field uh, must not turn back to get his cloak. And woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing in those days, but pray that your flight will not be in winter or on the Sabbath. The Sabbath, they won't go. They won't travel. They won't move. They won't pick up and go, you know. So pray that it's not on the Sabbath. We can pray that for them, actually. For then there will be a great tribulation such as never occurred since the beginning of the world until now, no ever will. This is the second half of Daniel's, Daniel's week, and it's also the second half of the seven-year tribulation. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. Worse than it's ever been. Ever. And, that, and the ones who have a here and listen, they will be fleeing. They're not going to worship. Because at that time, the Antichrist will be forcing the mark of the beast. And then you will not be able to be saved ever once you receive that mark. If you're going to do it for food, to buy and sell, well, too, too bad. Let's get rid of the, our thoughts of this world. We don't belong here. <laughs> I, I find that I don't want to accumulate anything. I just, I said, I'm just going to, I'm just going to live and not get anything until, because I'm going to be out of here. I'm going to have everything Jesus offers in heaven for crying out loud. Can you imagine? It's going to be wonderful. All right. So, um, this, this, uh, we finished. Okay. We, we went through the sign of man will appear. So all of this is going to be happening, tribulation. Jesus is talking about it, second half of, of Daniel. And then um, the, the sign of man will come in great glory in the sky. They'll look upon him. And 31, and he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds. This is the end of the Olivet Discourse right here. Okay? I'm going to address the fig tree because <laughs> it's Israel. And Jesus said of the fig tree, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When its branch is ready and becomes tender and puts forth leaves, you know that summer is near. What does that mean? That means the return of Jesus Christ is near. That's the sign. That is the prophecy fulfilled of Israel becoming a nation. That's the marker that set the clock for the end times. And we're here. We are the last generation, folks. The, count the countdown has begun. Truly, it is near right at the door. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until these things take place. This generation, how many were born on around 1948? I was 46. I'm the generation. I'm a generation. Anyone after that? You were born when Israel became a nation. You are the generation that will be alive when Jesus comes back. Unless there's something else that happens, but you'll still be raptured up and your body will go first. If you don't have to make it to that point, you'll be, you'll be, you'll be, I said, I said to Gregory, you know, posthumously, Gregory, you get to go first. <laughs> like we're on any, any competition, but it'll be glorious. Okay. So uh, how's our time, Stevie? Okay. So this is, this is the fig tree. So important. Um, 
uh, the Messiah is near. Are you excited? Anyone tingling? Come on. Okay. Um, now, at the end of uh, Luke, Matthew 24, 44, and Luke 21, 34, one of my absolute favorite scriptures, and if I take it from you, Steve, I'm sorry. But, take, you know, if you're going into the rapture with this one, take heed. Right now, because we know that we are the generation that is near, how are we supposed to be? Being ready means take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life, and that the day come upon you unexpectedly. It's not going to be unexpectedly for us. We're ready, okay? For it will come as a snare to all of those who who dwell on the face of the earth, and it will be. 36, watch therefore and pray always that you may be counted worthy of escape, all, to escape all the things that will come to pass and stand before the Son of Man. My story of getting into biblical prophecy and pursuing Jesus had to do with the parable of the, 12, of the 10 versions. I read that story, and I kept saying, what does this mean? How come there's 10 and half of them don't make it? You know, so I started understanding that as we got into Scripture. I almost stopped breathing. I went, I don't want the Lord to ever say to me, I never knew you. So my quest was, Lord, I want to know you. I want you to know me. I want only you. That, the parable of the ten virgins. So if there's anyone here that feels like they're not ready, I'll encourage you afterwards. I'll be happy to give you, give you a little lift-up exhort. 